Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. You got it. That's the big 5-0. Listen along as we try to figure out our what's next as we venture into this new age of reinvention. Through relatable topics, real-life stories, and inspiring guests, join us on our journey of growth and laughter. Hey, I'm Lori, former Army Airborne Captain, but don't let that fool you. I'm the loose cannon. And I'm Lisa, a girl's girl who loves sugar, but watch out for that spice. Let's do this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to She's a 10. This is Lisa. Hey, Lori. Hey, Lisa. How are we? I'm good. I'm good. I, I'm really regretting the bread I ate for lunch, but otherwise, I'm doing good. I warned you. I know. I just cannot eat bread. It doesn't agree with uh, me. My, my son got us, uh, he got a two-for-one deal, so I got a, a <laughs> nice big Jersey Mike sub, and uh, I, I kindly offered to give you half. And I did eat half of the bun and I wish I had eaten zero bun, but she's okay. really, she's been really gassy. Oh, I'm not gassy. Yeah, I'm just you a are. Little, yes, you are. A little uncomfortable at the moment. Just gotta love when you have a podcast partner that just fucking throws you under the bus. God damn it! <laughs> I know you got a Shit. musical instrument going oh on. Oh my there. god! <laughs> I do not. Okay, we're gonna get our sh- we're gonna get our shit together. We got hey, we got a great guest today. Yes, we do. And this is what is so cool is we were, as you know, Ask Us Beauty Magazine. Yes, and we were so grateful that we got featured, mm-hmm. and as a result of that, we've met some really kick-ass women. And I saw this article and this woman, and then I deep dived as well as you deep yes. dive, and I reached out to her and said, you got to be on our show. Okay, I don't think I have highlighted someone's information as much as I did this Because there's guest. a lot of layers. There's so many great... Yeah. I have like her bio, I have stuff off of her. I did my research, and I have to say, some guests I highlight, and I figure a lot of it's going to come in the conversation, but this guest, Leslie, she really... I, I just loved learning about her, so yeah. I'm excited to talk to her. You were actually texting me last night. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this one. Okay. Yeah. So let me give yeah. her the proper ado. Please. Okay. So in this episode, we are telling the story of Leslie Logan, who is a certified Pilates teacher, habit and mindset coach, founder of OnlinePilatesClasses.com, and host of the Be It Till You See It podcast. Teaching Pilates since 2008, she has run multiple studios, trained hundreds of teachers, and taught thousands of classes around the world. When not teaching or recording, she is leading retreats all all over the globe. Yeah. All right. Welcome. Welcome, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Oh my God, it's so hard to not talk when you guys were, I like was like wanting to just chime in there. So, cause you've been in my ears for, since you yeah. reached out to me, I'm like, who are these ladies? This is so fun. So um, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, we are very excited we, for you to join us today. Yeah. Well, and hopefully you're going to let us release some of this video because she has the most gorgeous set of lips Mm-hmm. That I've seen in a very, very long time. And they're time. all natural, <laughs> too, by the way. Like, I, I, I literally want to kiss her. Yes, they're very kissable. <laughs> with I mean, like, yes. honestly. All right. Gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, they are my signature and uh, I fight. They're in all the different brands we have. I had the lips put in because it's like the thing that brings them all together. And as the companies have grown and they're no longer just about me, the the designers are like, we have to remove those. And I'm like, you keep them on anything that involves me. Yeah, like, I'm like, I like, I'm like, we're not even, t- this is not a discussion. This is like, this is my company and I get what you're saying. 
and I'm going to disagree with you when it happens to be me, the lips are with me. So you'll see as our logos change that there's the logo. And if it ever has the lips, those are actually my lips. I had to kiss a thousand pieces of paper, like to try to get it because I was trying to get them to be my logo you know, back in 2008 and I pride myself on my lipstick not coming off. And so that I had to go to CVS, (laughs) buy some cheap lipstick. I was single in my apartment at the time. I only had like a bed and some things. And I was like, just kissing pieces of paper till I found one. I was like, yes, that is because you actually can't kiss like the way you would kiss. You have to kind of like open mouth. It's all, it's very complicated. Everyone anyways, then the logo is mine. (laughs) Awesome. I love love that story that like that. Yes. Well, it was a good logo. Very representative. All right, Leslie. So one of the things that we always like to do as part of our show is tell the story because all of us have amazing stories and you've got a really cool one too. So let's let's do that. And then I think we're going to dive into the meat of the episode. I love it. Yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, hi, I'm a born and raised California girl who Woo-hoo! just never thought I'd ever leave, uh, but we... We did. My husband and I decided to do that in 2020. I saw this opportunity for space. And um, so we went to LA's backyard, which is Vegas may as well be Los Angeles anyways. But I'll start with, I moved, I went to college in Orange County, mostly because I just had to get out of the town I lived in. I never felt like I belonged. And that's another interesting thing. Cause I actually went back after being not being there for 20 years. And I really didn't feel, I was like, I definitely did not belong here. Um, <laughs> but I, I was working in retail and I was running this amazing boutique. Like we're talking like all the buyers of Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom's, I had to spot them so I could escort them out because we, our buyer was the best. She was the founder of Contempo Casuals, oh. the original Contempo, like before it sold the oh, wet seal. Wow. So, yes. Yeah. So I was with like real estate, like real re- retail, like, yes royalty. And, um, I thought I was just going to do that. Like that was going to be my thing. Anyways, this girl invited me to apply this class and I didn't actually have any real friends at that time because I had graduated college. I went to a Christian university. So everyone got married and I, that was not my reason for going. I wanted to get out of the other town. (laughs) I didn't want to be trapped somewhere else. So I went, even though I was like, this is an infomercial workout. It's not going to do anything. It's going to be a bunch of BS. Like I can't but I just thought we'll go and then we'll have some avocado toast and I'll never have to go back. Anyways, <laughs> man, what you resist assists. Like it was the best thing I ever did. And I, in the first exercises, felt something in my body that was so different. And I was an athlete and I was a trainer. So like it, I wasn't, I wasn't actually looking for that. And I actually was like, oh, I'm actually in my body. Like I actually felt like I belonged in my body, which I ended up changing my entire work schedule, which I ran the store. So that was easy to do. So I can go every single day. And I, then I moved to LA because I wanted, you know, Orange County can be a little boring. So I want no offense, everyone. I love you all, but uh, really <laughs> LA has a lot going on. Right. So yeah. I was like, I got to go there and um, <laughs> just try it out. Got to try it out. And I had someone say I should be a Pilates instructor. I was like, I can do that. Like it was such a weird, Mm -hmm. have you ever done that? Like I went to college for a a degree and I paid a lot of money, like 80 grand. And I was like, oh, I'm going to switch. But it was so weird because I wasn't using my degree anyways. So it was 2008. I became a Pilates instructor and I didn't know that the recession would mean that people wouldn't pay for Pilates. I was just like, this changed my life. And I just went around telling everybody. And that started a crazy career teaching Pilates. I'd quit my safe job, which wasn't safe. It was a retail in 2008. So yeah, <laughs> that yeah. wasn't going to happen. Right. And then, and I ended up very quickly running studios and then, um, because of teaching Pilates, I actually met someone who introduced my husband oh. and that's what I 
started doing the retreats and it just kind of like a domino effect. So you never like underestimate the thing you don't want to do. It might actually just be the thing that changes your life, you know? Uh, yeah. God, ding, ding. Where's the sound effect on that? <laughs> that is so true. It is I true. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's such wise advice from someone that's so young, but you, you have so much hustle and so much. I mean, I see you as very young. You're I mean, I feel young. You I f- are young. <laughs> compared to me, you're very young. Well, you're just really old. I know. That's what I said. <laughs> compared to me. <laughs> now, okay. So in your article, you talk about your, you wanting your side hustle to become your main hustle. Was that the Pilates that you were talking about? So a couple times, um, I didn't even know what a side hustle was. I didn't know uh-huh. that was a thing. You know, I uh-huh. kind of actually thought that I would just teach Pilates on the side of my retail mm-hmm. job to pay for my obsession with mm-hmm. Pilates. And then I just got really busy. But what was a side hustle at the time was I was running nine studios for a high-end fitness company. And I actually wanted to, um, I, I had started, it just happened to be this way because of my background in retail, because I didn't actually know that people thought there was no money in mm-hmm. Pilates, which mm-hmm. a lot of industries, people are like, there's no money in it. It's like, then why are people doing it? If there's no sure. money, like, yes, it feels good to help people out, but I have bills to pay. I had 8,000 student debt. Like I didn't have time for there to be no money in it. So I didn't know that. And I discovered that so many people were struggling to actually build their Pilates business, but I wasn't. And so people started asking me questions and y'all, if you're listening to this, whatever people are asking you pay attention to it, because mm. if you're feeling stuck, if you're wondering what the next thing is, the questions people ask you, they think you're the expert in that. So they think that you are knowledgeable or a leader in that area. And so I happened to, I was like three months into teaching and my boss was like, how are you doing this? And I was like, isn't that my job? <laughs> isn't that what I'm supposed to do? Uh, so I started to watch how teachers were teaching sessions. I started to watch what was going on. I started creating workshops. So my side hustle was that I wanted to start a fitness business coaching company. And I'd written a book on called Profitable Pilates, everything but the exercises. And it was to help people pick the right programs. So they didn't like, you know, it's so easy to get sucked into a weekend training and it's like not it. And you spent a lot of money. And then also like the things you need to do to set up a business. And so I, um, I wanted that to be not like my way, main way of making an income. And so I burnt out trying to do it the way we think, which is just more is better because right. it's not. And I should have just listened to like Pilates is all about quality over quantity. So I should have just gone with the quality. But my husband and I sat down to actually like look at how do you make the leap? How like what do I have to do to make this leap from the the nice uh, high end fitness equinox uh, salary to working for myself, which can be very scary. It's very inconsistent. And I was able to do that transition rather quickly once I knew the numbers. Okay. Well, I, if that line resonated with me in your story, because I think a lot of our listeners can relate to, I have this good idea. I'm working in this field now, and I really would love to take it in this direction, but I'm afraid, or I don't know how, or that's yeah. a real, well, you'll struggle. always be scared. Yeah. You will <laughs> always be scared. So I, I love that you, you made it happen. And I think there's a lot to be learned from that. That's key. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I mean, like, the reality is you're always going to be scared. Like if you actually feel ready, it's like too late. Like it's because you saw that everyone's doing it. So now you actually feel comfortable doing it. Like, and then mm. it's not, you know, like it's, I, I gotta be like, uh, people ask me all the time, like, how are you so confident? And I'm like, well, confidence comes from keeping small commitments to yourself. 
Like, because I do what I say I'm going to do in the morning, I have, I know that like I can count on myself. Right. Right. So, but I'm scared anytime I do anything new. And because they say that life happens outside your comfort zone, I would look at that. Then I'm like, okay, all right. And I find myself wishing for comfortability sometimes, but the reality is I wouldn't stay there. Cause like the, the good stuff, everything that's happened to me has happened because I got uncomfortable, including like I, in 2013, when I left my very safe relationship and a very beautiful house and I totaled my car on the way out and I, oh, no. and then, and then the job I was with transferred me. So I like literally had no, <laughs> no house, no car. And, and then the studio I was renting was, um, from what like sold, I was like, okay, Saturn, take it all away. You know? And I had so many friends so worried about me. And I'm like, you have to understand, like, this is so uncomfortable and so off, like not aligned with what other people feel safe with. But right now this feels exactly where I'm supposed to be. And I couch surfed. And so I would just say, you're not going to like get scared more often. You're probably on the right path. Unless you're like scary movie that way you'll never see me do. <laughs> <laughs> me either. <laughs> well, don't you think though, just to kind of throw this a little bit on its head, there is a personality type that is equipped with the chaos that can mm-hmm. find anchors in the storm or wh- however you want to look at it or whatever analogies you want to make. And then there's some that they're just very comfortable in the safe. Do you find like, Oh yeah. I think that also like, I think that's a deep dive in like, how was your childhood? You know, uh, mine was very chaotic and not that my mom would love to hear me say that, but like the reality is, is there was a lot of uncertainty. Like there wasn't an actual, a lot of money. I, I, I share this because it's very easy to look at my life and look at Instagram and go, oh my God, she has it all. She's so lucky. And so she worked fucking hard. That's what you're seeing. So I yeah. worked really hard, Yeah, but you know, I actually grew up when you had answering machines and you had to, we'd screen the calls because we're like, oh, that's a bill collector. Don't answer the phone. But if it was grandma, then we could like answer the phone. And that's how I grew up. So even when the pandemic happened, huh. literally like everyone's like freaking out and I'm on this plane coming back from Cambodia on March 14th. So after the world health organization was like, it's a worldwide pandemic. I was like, well, I'm in a third world country. So we'll see what happens on the way in. But I like sat on the plane, very calm and just sort of going, okay, so what do we do? If the studio is closed, what do we do? And like, I actually happened to thrive in a lot of uncertainty because of my childhood. So I think if you're not like that, if you're hearing me, you're like, oh, my child was so perfect. Everything was great. It's going to be a different challenge for you. But I, how, if that's a dream of yours, like I want you to like, look into your future. Are you going to regret that you didn't do it? If not, then don't do it. Don't even waste your time. But if you're like, yeah, that would really bother me, then give it a try. Ah, yeah. Sage advice from such a young soul. I love (laughs) that. (laughs) Yeah. Lisa and I have a saying that we use a lot with one another and that's it's why not. And then yeah. say yes. Yes. Say yeah. yes. What, yeah. Figure it out later, but say yes. Don't yeah. short yourself the opportunity to find mm-hmm. out if it's something that you could ultimately love. Just like you said, yes to Pilates. Right. Mm-hmm. And now look, it's your whole yeah. world. My, my whole world. Yeah. I, my whole world. Everything I have that was on a vision board is all because I went to a Pilates class. It's really like it. And I think that it can sound, that can sound so cliche or so weird, but it's mm-hmm. like you ever, like the, everything is happening for you. Yes. You know, it really, really is. And you have to right. keep telling yourself that. I agree. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I know my husband drives me crazy because his saying is, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> oh, I love that actually. So um, I remember my trainer said that to me. I was like telling him, I was like, I think I need to leave my ex, but I don't really know what to do. Cause like, 
I won't have a place to live. I won't have any of this. And he's like, What's, are you going to die? Like, if you leave him, will you be dead? And I said, oh, that's a that's that's ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. And he goes, that's the worst case. Like, if you're dead, we can't go anywhere. Like, that's it. Right. And I was like, oh, no, so there's, from a better, since- there's a better worst case. <laughs> there is. He kills you and gets away with it. Oh, but that's a lifetime special <laughs> that I can't wait to watch. <laughs> a lifetime movie. <laughs> or, but, yeah. But yeah, but I, I did. I, and I have to say, like, in case you're listening, he wasn't abused. He was totally fine. I just was like, the, the question he asked me was like, why? Like, like I was afraid of like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna have a place to live. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he does support me in a lot of ways, like uh, financially, like, what am I going to do? And his thing was like, the worst case scenario is you'll be dead there. Like you can, if you're not going to be dead, then like, you know, why not give it a try? And I was like, well, I'm not going to die. And then of course I got in a car accident, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but I didn't die. It was totally fine anyways. But that is a really, I love your husband. I mean, it's hard. Some people like think it's dark, but it sometimes is the kick in the pants that you need because we start to, we make things a bigger deal than yes. they are. Yes. See, for me though, it's the exact opposite. I start listing off everything that could go wrong. And then I circle the drain. I so feel I was like telling- that's probably from your military stuff. Like I feel yeah. like you're you're trained to like look for danger, look for the enemy, yeah, the ambush. Yeah, now it works for girls. I'm I'm a mom with the girls, and literally, you know, everything is so dramatic usually, and and they probably got that from me. But <laughs> let's be real. Yeah, but they honestly, did. Yeah, they did. But if you start with the worst case scenario, then everything from there is great. I mean, it's like, well, it's not as bad as that. Well, it's not as bad as that, and it does rationalize the thought. So I think it's yeah. a good tactic. So your husband's yeah. not too far off. So one of the things that, because we are going to be a guest on your podcast that I love, yeah. and if you could, your whole platform that you use, walk us through that because it's about visualization and you ask really thought provoking. I had a hard time with it, actually. I was like, wow, these are really hard questions that you ask. <laughs> so you I have to go to another planet when I'm interviewing. I have to be honest because like, I like, uh, <laughs> sometimes I'll listen back to my podcast and I'm like, oh, that was a great question. <laughs> well, you, you know, like, yeah. So you, you have the mantra of do more of what we love, ditch perfection, take mm-hmm. messy action and do it in quote scared. Yeah. So walk us through this whole, cause it's, it's, it's like so spot on as a mindset, but then also what you're doing with your podcast. Yeah. So I, the Until You See It podcast came about because again, going back to people kept asking, how do you have so much confidence? How do you do all these things? And I would say, well, I'm doing it very scared. And I, I say yes. And I kind of figure it out. And, um, I, I I will say y'all, I do have an amazing partner that he's very tech savvy and his like way of flirting with me was to build me a new website. So like, (laughs) so I definitely had someone on the back end of my, uh, since 2015 to like, kind of help me out. Now he had his own career, his own thing that he was doing. I kept going, can you do this? And then just bill me like that. Just build, just have your team. build me. I, I just kept listening to the questions I was being asked. And I didn't want to have like a Pilates podcast or just a business podcast because I do those things all day. And I actually wanted to meet people where they are, which is not a lot of people will try Pilates if they think it's something different than how I teach. I'm a very, like Pilates to me is very strength-based. It's about filling your cup first. It's really about getting into your body and like understanding who you are in that moment and that day. And I, I was like, how do I attract people to something that they may have a different description of, or maybe just thought it was never for them. How can I meet them where they are in that way? And and just kind of have more something that would grow with me 
Cause I also know that I'm going to keep getting older and I wanted to have a podcast that could, I could just take with me whatever iteration of my life that I'm in. And so I realized, cause I like look back and in all the things I would just, I was acting like I knew how, what I was doing. Like that was the way of like having, I was like, I'm going to act like I'm a CEO of a company right now. And I'm going to act like my first time teaching 30 people in a class, I had to walk in and I remembered this kid from my retail days. And he said, every time I walk in the store, I say it's showtime. And so I was like, okay, it's showtime. I'm acting like the person who can teach 30 people in a class right now. Right. Like this is not my first time. This is like my 50th time. So how would I act if I was my 50th time? Right. And so I didn't realize that's how I was living my life, but I, that's how I was. And so I then fast forward to like listening to Amy Cuddy Ted talk that someone sent me, she told the whole story. And at the end, she's like, it's not fake it till you make it be it till you see it. And I was like, oh, that's the podcast. Like that's it. So thanks Amy Cuddy, who still hasn't said yes to me, but she will. And, um, (laughs) and so the whole idea is like, how do I bring on people who either have inspirational stories or I brought on doctors and different like people who are experts on like, what is keeping us from doing the thing we want to do? What is keeping us from actually playing? Like why, like, why are people playing so small? What is this imposter syndrome? Where does it come from? Is it a bad thing? And so I just like to inspire people, but the actions at the end are, I would, do you all remember like how I built this, that podcast, how I built this it's no, a business podcast with like Guy Raz. And it was like, great. The Bumble CEO and I both cried on a bathroom floor and look where she is. So, okay. I can yeah. get there someday, I guess. Cause, but how did she do like, she tells her story, but I don't actually have like, what is my first next step? Mm-hmm. If I just got off the bathroom floor, like, what do I do next? Like, I didn't hear that. Right. So I wanted to make sure that on the podcast, we interview guests and we talk about how they got to where they are. We talk about the things they, that like will inspire other people to understand that, like, they're just like you just yeah. a, in a, a different part of the journey. Right. And then how does other people be it till they see it? What are the bold executable, intrinsic or targeted steps that people can do to be it till they see it. And that's what the podcast is. And it's so fun. And then I bring my husband in on, on the second episode each week. And we just talk about the other, we talk about the guests behind their back, but in front of their ears or whatever. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's a great idea, actually. I know. <laughs> it's so ladies, it's so fun. And y'all, if you're wanting to do podcasts, just so you know, two episodes a week, it just means more downloads. Less, yes. like I, if I, obviously I want more listeners but you get more downloads for your podcast. So right. it's, it's a nice little game, but, but yeah, it's, it's also fun. Cause then my husband, and I can just talk and like, he has heard some random stories out of my life. He's like, I didn't even know that about you. And I'm like, well, now everyone knows you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Okay. God, maybe we need to do one with our husbands. I oh, know yeah, we talked should. about them, but we haven't had them on. Yeah. Oh my God. You oh. should, you should have said that's fun. Should. It's people. Well, and also because you're in everyone's ears every week, mm-hmm. like I really enjoyed hearing your stories. I think they would actually enjoy hearing like, like your husband's right. like talk about like a story or like your kids even like, it's kind of, it's just a fun way to like, people want to kind of be behind the scenes with y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I agree. And your ex-California girl who says y'all. I know. I'm, okay. So here's what it is. You guys is actually not very inclusive. Oh, you're right. And I'm talking to two women. So I could call you mm-hmm. ladies, but then I'd also be making the assumption that you both identify as women. Hmm. And so for me, because um, now, because I've heard you to talk, yeah. I would assume that, yes. that I'd be correct That's in calling you ladies. Right. But 
because my platform is international mm-hmm. and because I am really huge on communities, I don't want to make assumptions. And so when I talk in my group, I do have in like onlinepliesclasses.com, we call it OPC. Our community is like 500 people. There are three, at least three men that I know of. Mm-hmm. Now there could be others that maybe I just don't know that because of their name or whatever. And so I just want to be conscious. Um, I'm not great. I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, but I felt like it is the easiest way to make sure that I'm not making anyone feel left out. Mm-hmm. So I trained myself <laughs> to say y'all. <laughs> I, I love it. And yeah. I say it a lot, actually, too. Yeah. I have two girls in Texas right now, and I pick up accents like a sponge. And so same. Yeah, same. I, I really do. have to watch myself because when I'm in the UK, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's <laughs> you're, you're, Madonna. Yeah. you're like Madonna. Yeah, it's just, you know, if, and take use it all. I mean, there's other you can say people you know, yeah. family, whatever, but like that, that just is what I say, but thanks for it. Yeah. I yeah. hope that it makes sense. <laughs> it it does. Yeah. I know the, the joke I have with my kids is I'm, I'm a, they or a them because of mm-hmm. all the voices in my head <laughs> that always are talking. And I don't, I don't know what they are. So let's just make sure we're safe. Right. <laughs> I want them to feel included. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. There you go. So this yeah. leads us to a really good segue. And if you're listening, you got to know that she is a fiery millennial, right? You're, yes. you're, you're, you're actually, they call you an ex-ineal because you're kind of on on the older so, side oh, of millennial. Oh, I haven't heard that one. I've always heard elder millennial. And if y'all know Eliza Schlesinger, she has a, a, a stand-up called Elder Millennial. I, I and have heard of her. Uh-huh. That particular stand-up is like spot on to not only, only being elder millennial female, but she was living in LA and I was living in LA. And when she talks about how she got, when she got engaged, like, I was like, oh yeah, that whole, like people are like, they ask about the story of how you met, but they're really trying to take notes of like, how do I meet a man in LA? Like, that's what they're actually doing. So anyways, it's, if you, if you're listening to this and you're like, what is an elder millennial, how is it different than a millennial? It's just that we did grow up with dial up and like answering machines, but we actually are born after 82. So got it. <laughs> well, okay. And millennials get kind of a bad rap. Don't you think being in that I actually genre? I think they get a terrible, I mean, I get a really bad rap because I actually, I mean, here's a funny story. Okay. This is how I like kind of found out what people were thinking about millennials. So I was in Montecito, which is like, you don't know where Montecito is. It's like around Santa Barbara. I'm sure like, look at pictures. Oprah has yep. a house there. Yep. So Love. did the prince and his wife. Like everyone's Ellen. got a house there. Who's, yeah. 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 So, um, I'm the company that brought me out. They're like, here's your like vouchers to go have breakfast at this place. And I was like, okay, thanks so much. You know? So I, I take my laptop because I work from my laptop when I'm not teaching and I'm sitting there having breakfast and I'm working. And this guy looks at me and he goes, are you a millennial? <laughs> Like he spotted an alien. I'm not even kidding. I mean, he was a, he was a white man. Well, of a he kind of did, so, right? Yeah. yeah. And I looked at him and I said, yes. He's like, I knew you people worked. You people? Like, you people. Wow. And I said, yes, me and my people. I think what it is that gets a lot is that there's just, there might be some demands that we make, mm-hmm. but I actually think that every single person, if you like my, my dad was even complaining. I said, so dad, if you went to a job that actually paid you, that actually said it's 5 PM, go home. That actually made you take your vacations. Wouldn't you actually want to work there? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, then why is a millennial saying I need these things? This is how I want to work. You know, like, why is that bad? And also like we do change jobs and we do have ideas and we, 
So we have that, like, we understand, like for me, I saw my parents work for companies and my mom still is working. So I saw them work Mm -hmm. for companies and like their job promotions were what a percent, 2%, whatever, like the thing is. And so my dad always encouraged me. He's like, you need to do what you love and don't ever like, just like get on the ladder because it's, you're just going to end up being in the, in the line. Right. And so I don't know, maybe everyone's parents of the eighties said that, but (laughs) we all ended up being these like very entrepreneurial, very, we, it's not that my husband don't work. We work all the time. We just sometimes also work from, you know, the Sands hotel. (laughs) (laughs) So noble about it. Yes. Yeah. So what do you think we're Gen X? What, Mm -hmm. what do you think our misnomers are about millennials. Like if you could say, well, like, I God, I really wish that you guys wouldn't miscategorize us this way. And you would think of us, well, you kind of said it more entrepreneurial yeah. or whatever, but I, I just, I think, you know, cause I had a lot of clients who were like in the Gen X. And I also, I think the big difference is it's kind of like you had said it, Lori, and I think it was in the podcast that you guys did about you, you know, you were in West Point and it was like one there's 10 women and no one was helping the women, not the women were not together. Mm-hmm. And I think where the millennials are, which is in between, like, you know, you have your Gen Z, they're very much like very collaborative, very community. And as a millennial, we're trying, we're kind of in between. And so like, I think it's actually more of like, how do we all just work together and how do we actually just see each other for their, our unique differences right. and how can we learn from that? Because you ladies can share, this is what it was like to have to like, literally like claw your way up because there's only one seat for a woman. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And we can go, okay, now I understand why you might see me come with my ideas in a board meeting as like a little threatening because you're not necessarily used to. We're not trying to take your job. We're actually trying to like help you. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's more like, I think the two generations could actually like see each other and like in a, a unique way, if we actually joined forces, we could take over. <laughs> we could take over the boomers. Wonder universe. Yes. Yeah. Let's okay. do that. <laughs> yeah. That makes complete sense. And I love that perspective. Yeah. My, our kids call us boomers, even though we're, we're not. not. You're no, not my, no. I don't even, I don't even know. Lisa, my is. dad is turning, <laughs> my dad's turning 70 this year. My mom's turning 60 this year. So I don't even know if they, maybe my dad is a boomer. I don't actually know. Yeah. I, she, she, know she, Lisa's only one year older than me and I'm like giving her such shit today. I know. <laughs> I, I'm having a bit of a boomer day. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little, woo out there. Okay. okay. One of the things that we like to ask, and we've, we've done this when we've had, yes. um, because I find the whole generational differences in category, I find it fascinating. I just, I just do. And I always give my, my kids a ration of shit about being a, a Gen Z. If we could tell our former selves what we know today. Okay. It's like back to the future of time for you. Mm-hmm. What question would you ask yourself? <laughs> Oh, who's having a boomer day? <laughs> so am I asking, am I, am, I'm older, but I'm asking my younger yeah. self or I'm my age and I'm asking yeah, my Yeah, you know self. what? I, I think they did something with the sandwich because like we're just not snapping right know. now. Maybe uh, somebody put, we, did your son put weed in it? Because he got it for oh, you. God. Maybe you got his. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't normally eat before. We don't normally no, eat, but we, don't we normally have a full eat. day and his surprise I mean, sandwich was like, woo. Anyway. Yeah, so so okay. the, I guess what I'm trying to get at is what would you like to ask us? 
Oh what I like to ask you, ladies, uh, about yourself. <laughs> well, no, here, no, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, this is goodness. awful. Okay, you, you two are so fun. If I could, I'm starting to sweat. <laughs> Uh, if I could, wait. How do? How do? There's a way to ask. That. I mean, wait, I, you said it I, earlier. Did I write it down? You were talking about <laughs> it earlier. Let's... Like, okay, is there something that you would ask our generation that if we could go back in time and do things differently? Oh yeah, what okay. I would. I think like there. You have to know this already, but I would be intrigued. Like, if you could go back to those, like, you know, early twenties mm-hmm. years, because. I don't know how old you all were when you got married, but like my mom got married at 19. Oh, so like, yeah, you know, right. like what would, what would you tell your younger self about like relationships and love uh, that you wish you'd already known really? Mm-hmm. No, I got married at That's 27, but I also married somebody that I was with since like basically the graduation of high school all the way through college. So I was with someone the entire time, but I would say when it comes to love, Really find somebody that lets you be you and really allows you to, who doesn't try to change you and just really appreciates you as the person you are and supports you and your ideas. And because if you have that person in your life, you're never going to be fighting against, I want to do this, but you know what I'm trying to say? Yes, I do. And I think any Mm -hmm. woman listening to this, because I'm sure Mm -hmm. you have the listeners who are on like second, like they're, you know, they're Mm -hmm. after divorce and like, this is good information. Well, and you know what? It's funny you say that because many women that I've talked to who are on their second and third marriage or second past their first marriage, they will say, I rewrote the contract and this marriage is about um, all the things that I couldn't do in my first marriage because when we're young and we grow up together, we have these, you know, we, we just, we put things in a box and mm-hmm. we don't just live. And the second marriage tends to be from what people have said, they don't worry about those rules anymore. And it's like, you know what, this is what I want to do. And I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to upset anybody. I'm just living yeah. my life. And I think that's important. Well, I'm on my second marriage and I, the person I married and we're still good friends was exactly who you would think I would marry. And so, no, I mean, we were like fucking Ken and Barbie. I'm not even kidding. People called us Ken and Barbie. He's exactly who you would think I would be with. Football player, blah, blah, blah. But we were so much alike that we didn't have like that healthy contrast. So it was like, you know, two gloves for the same hand, so to speak. Yeah, Mm, that's a good analogy. And my second marriage has been, I mean, talk about yin and yang. I mean, we definitely should do a podcast with our husbands. I think someone that pushes you in the right ways and appreciates your differences and embraces it versus fights you on it, I think that that's what I would tell my kids Mm -hmm. is is someone that compliments you Mm -hmm. and pushes you in ways, but also, like you said, accepts you for who you are. Mm -hmm. Well, wonderful. So I did all of that. So I'm super awesome. Thank you for the advice. (laughs) And he builds builds a website for you, right? Oh my gosh. You all have, my husband is really, really awesome. And in a lot of ways we're very similar and and also very different. Like if you know Mm -hmm. Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, I'm an upholder, which means I, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. If I, if I tell myself I'm going to do it, I have to tell anybody, I'll just do it. And if you ask me to do something and I say, yes, it's, it's consider it done, which is why a lot of, I'll say no a lot because I know like, because yes. it's hard for me to, once I say yes, I can't say mm-hmm. no. Right. So, um, my husband's a rebel, which means he, 
will say he's going to do something, but then just to make sure he can be in control, sometimes he just won't do it. And I don't even understand that. I'm like, you said you're going to do that. So anyways, we're in the book. It's like the least likely relationship because it's like, they're so different, but he challenges me in so many awesome ways. And I am because like, I hate being late. He's like, Leslie, five minutes is not that like, it's a, it's a house party. This is not surgery. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you know, so like, he's really helped me. And then other ways, like he signed up for this thing and he wasn't doing it. And I was like, Hey, you just, you said you wanted to do it. I'm not trying to be like mom, like, but you know, so we, he's less of a rebel and I'm less like uptight about it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Complimenting yeah. each other. That's mm-hmm. nice. That's nice. And what was the name of that? You said it was Gretchen who I'm not familiar with that book. Gretchen Rubin. She did the happiness project and then she's okay. some other books. And the four tendencies is like, basically she was trying to figure out like, how do people like, why is some, why are habits some e- easier for people to do than others? And it's not mm-hmm. actually that the habit, it's just like how you meet expectations. So the mm-hmm. upholder, obliger, questioner, rebel. Ooh, I like that. Like, mm-hmm. I would just make assumptions already that I'm the obliger and my husband's the questioner. <laughs> what am I? Yeah, those, that relationship is pretty normal. And yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and that can, with questioners, I can get really exhausting because like they could just keep going. They could just procrastinate with questions, but really when they get oh. the answer, then they'd usually commit. So there's oh, that. Oh, is that, okay, see. So am I an upholder? That aren't even right. Uh, I don't know. I, I, cause, cause my husband is not a procrastinator, so maybe he's not a question. Well, it might not be that procrastinators aren't, but they just ask, they have to ask a lot of questions. They're mm-hmm. very curious until they, and then, and that, and so they might research something for a week mm-hmm. before they decide, like, I don't know if you're like buying a car, they might like research all the kinds of SUVs before they pick the, so like they really know right. what SUV they're going to get. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, but take it. There's a, it's a free quiz. It's super fun. Oh, Anyways. I yeah. love those kind of quizzes. I do too. Mm-hmm. I just like learning about myself. All right. Well, let's tell our listeners where they can find you in the mm-hmm. universe, Leslie. So yeah. go ahead. You say it best. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I teach online at onlinepliesclasses.com where we help you do life better. I'm a big fan of like, you got to fill your cup first. So ladies, I'm looking at you, especially my 10 times five ladies, you are so good at helping other people out first, but mm-hmm. even the airline wants you to put your air mask on first. So I'm really a big fan of like making sure that we all have make time for ourselves and we, um, we're not trying to be perfect in our practice. We're just at least showing up. And so that's at onlinepliesclasses.com. Or if you love the Instagram, that's where I spend a lot of my time at Leslie, L-E-S-L-E-Y dot Logan. Awesome. For my podcast, you can just yeah. listen to these funny stories on Be It Till You See It. Be It Till You See It. I uh, love that name. Yeah. Yeah. All right, hot mama, you ready to be put in the hot seat? Okay, let's do it. Let's this is so it. fun because you don't use the same questions every time. No. I was like, oh, nope. let me look at me. That pulled like, let me study. But they're all different. No. <laughs> okay, so this has been done with our 10 times twos and our kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now I'm going to do it with you. I find that each generation has its own slang. Mm. Like, for example, there, there's times with our Gen Zers, I, I don't know what they're saying. Like I look at the, I look at their gram and I'm like, what the fuck does, like, what is he, what does that mean? So I have to like Google it or I have to text someone and go, what does that mean? Yeah. Like push and pee was like, what the pee on the, what they do now, push and pee was some rapper and now everyone's doing the, the, the pee on their Instagram and blue and I don't know. anyway, so See, I have to find out. All this. So we're going to do your slang. Okay. Okay. I hope I don't let my my elder millennials down. <laughs> okay. So what I'm going to do is say a, a phrase and you tell me if, yes, in fact, you use this. So let's see okay. if you're a real zennial. Okay. Did I say that right? 
Yeah. Zenial? Is that how you say it? Zenial? Yeah. I think yeah. you like well, the X enial. I think you mean X enial. Yes. Thank mm-hmm. you. Zeke. Yeah. Thank we, goodness we have you here. I know. It's okay. Oh I'm just God. here to she's keep it so going. Like, she's keeping it together. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. Oh, years ago. Totally did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. What is swerve? I don't know that one. That I don't know. I've heard of swerve, but I don't. Swerve is when you avoid someone. Oh, no. No, I never. No. I mean, I'm sure I avoid a lot of people, but I didn't. <laughs> so I didn't know I was swerve. You didn't know you were doing it. Did you say, or have you said the struggle is real? I still say it. It's a great I, hashtag too. It, 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 <laughs> it is. is. I, you know what? And yeah. here, here's what's funny, Lisa, is I, I find myself saying a lot of these. Th- these are all the top ones. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Thirsty. Okay. I have friends who say that. And I, I actually, I'm like, so is that, do I want to be thirsty? Like, is that a good thing? I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's good. I think it's used in a negative connotation. It, it is. Yeah, like, like you're um, too, like you're trying too hard, right? Yeah. Like you're, or you yeah. want it, you want mm-hmm. a, attention and, and notoriety. Or you really like someone like excessively, like you're thirsty for that person. Yeah. I, maybe mm-hmm. I think it'd be used both ways. Um, the, the way I always thought about it was a little more negative and I try like, I don't know. I try not to bring too much extra judgment in my life because it just becomes like your pattern. So yeah. it's not my thing. Yeah. I thought okay. that was a current word. I didn't realize. Okay, go ahead. Basic. I've heard it. I never, I don't think I'm very cool as a elder millennial. I don't. I'm, I'm starting to get that. I'm starting to get that. No, I'm kidding. Okay. I use this one all the time. Bounce. No, but how do you use it? Like, I'll say to my kids, I go, let's bounce. Like, let's get out of here. Oh, that was. Oh, yeah. No, they, I they mean, my dip. friend said these things. I I was like, I don't, I don't, I even watch a lot of TV now. Like, I'm just, yeah. I just, I'm, you I'm, I'm are super She's a sophisticated. Yeah, millennial. You're, you're so intellectual. I, I, I think, think that you were like, too busy learning about as much stuff as you can. Because I you think so. You have such a, I'm totally diverted. I'm screwing up your RL. I'll let you finish. You just have such a broad base of knowledge on so many things yeah, for such does. a young soul. You really really impressed me so thank you my my mom will say like she'll tell everyone this she'll say when like I was put in her arm she says the look she gave me was like oh I got you like as in like because like it's not my actually like it's not your first time here she's like it's my first time here it's not your first time I can see that classy that yeah salty I have recently started using that because it's kind of like, oh, like, but I use it as a good one. Like, oh, she's salty. That's a good thing, right? <laughs> I don't know. But I maybe I'm probably that cool. I'm probably that not cool dad. You know, I'm like the <laughs> probably saying them all wrong. <laughs> okay. How about slay? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And also ladies, do you know Todrick Hall's or Todrick Hall's song? Like nails, hair, hips, heels. Yes. Nails, okay. hairs. Okay. I, yes, I do. I walked through the Dallas airport with that in my airpods and like i'm not even kidding like i was like i don't dance i slay like i was doing the whole thing people were like in dallas for sending me for it like red i obviously don't look like i fit in there but my friend was waiting for me and she's like what are you doing i'm like here put this airbutt and i was like you gotta do it with me and so i say slay all day i love it i, I think it's a fun yeah i think it's a fun word to use i think everyone should use it like you know i agree i, I love that I and agree I, too. I do love that song okay last one and I, I use this one as well. Maybe I'm part millennial. I use a lot, or I'm, I'm, maybe I'm trying too hard. But I do say this one a lot. Said no one ever. 
You know, I know I use that when I like in the MySpace days, like in the typing, oh. um, but like not really in, I don't, I think I've used these like college years, some mm-hmm. of them, but mm-hmm. like in my current time, I try to just, uh, Sounds I try smart. to like, yeah, no, I maybe <laughs> not even, I don't even think I do that well, but I, <laughs> I said, more, I say more better often. My husband's like, that's not it. And I was like, but it sounds good. It sounds better. And this, so, uh, yeah. I listen I, when I watch movies that are like in those different decades, I'm like, oh, that was a good word. And if you go onto OPC, we try to make it very like 80s hip slang because a lot of our members are in the 80s uh, gen, uh, gen X. And so we try to use those words. We do have rad and all that stuff on there. It's not dated. We actually put it in on purpose. Ah, <laughs> totally tubular. OPC live. When you're, when you're, when you're, uh, uh, so here's, so here's what I did. Okay. So my husband insisted that I get, that I have online classes mm-hmm. and I had like fear of success central and some imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to do this? And, but I had been traveling like 140,000 miles. Well, at the time that this happened, I was like starting to approach a hundred thousand miles as a Pilates teacher traveling a hundred thousand miles. Like people, wow. like I'd be in planes and like sitting next to business people, like, uh, like in my leggings and like, <laughs> and they're like, what are you, where are you going? And I said, Oh, I'm going, what are you doing there? I'm just, I'm teaching a Pilates class. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of have a big deal anyway. Uh, so, so he was like, you're traveling so much. You can't teach your classes and we're going to have to get rid of these classes and you need to give them something to do. Oh, and I said, okay. but I, what I love about a live class mm-hmm. is that when you come to class, everyone knows each other, right? They come the same yes, people come. Yes. It's like cheers. And they'll even say, oh, you're going to see you on Thursday. Or they'll even say, hey, I missed last week. How was the class? Like, it's a way if you like run into each other at the grocery store that you could like start the conversation. And I really wanted to have that. And I also love the accountability that if you didn't show up to the gym class, you missed it. Yeah. And so I decided to do the opposite of Netflix, which is I actually only give you one class a week. Mm-hmm. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., the mat class drops. Um, we also have reformer and other equipment because I do have a lot of people who follow me who have equipment. But the one, it drops on Tuesday at 2 p.m., PST. And then what happens is last week class disappears. Oh. So then everybody is taking the same class all week long whenever they want but they can actually pop in the group and they don't have to say like which class it was. They get to say, I just took this week's class and whole, like whatever they want to say. Right. And so the community, you still have that, that community, in-person community that, mm-hmm. that shared experience, but you're, and also this is decision fatigue, right? Like, I don't want you to have to like go in like Peloton. I'm like, just give me the next 20, whatever the 20 minute one. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not even listening to you anyway. So just give me that one. <laughs> right. But like, you know, but like you could spend 20 minutes trying to find a class yes. and like, that could be the only 20 minutes you have. So I really wanted to take away people's excuses for not showing up for themselves. Because again, when we show up for ourselves first, we can do more for others. So yeah, they're on-demand classes, but you're t- everyone's taking the same class uh, at the, during the same week. I love it. I love it. Thank you for explaining that. Explain yeah, it. yeah. Okay, so what's my song? Okay, your song. Your song. I looked up all of the top millennial songs because I'm I'm sticking with that theme. Okay. okay. And the one that came up was a Backstreet Boys song. I want it that okay. way. 
And oh, so fun. And oh, by the way, it's from the album Millennial. So I just thought, how apropos. We're hitting it. What, what, they didn't even know it at the time. Do you think I you, know. We don't think we were named that yet. And that generation, did you even know you're Millennials? Did they call you guys that? No. I no, didn't know no, what we no, were. Because they would always talk about Gen X or Gen, yeah. Gen whatever. And I was like, well, what are we? What am I? <laughs> yeah, I think that title came along it a lot later. It did come a lot. Yeah. A little later. We, okay. None of us talked about generations except for the baby boomers. Yeah. yeah. Boom, the baby boomers was the big okay, one. Okay, here we go. You are my fire, the one desire, believe when I say I want it that way. But we... time you sang that song right. probably when it came out <laughs> no, you know what? so good at songwriting they they play this this is a popular song at high schools now really? it's come back they play they play it like at football games and all the kids go That's crazy amazing. that in um justin bieber um baby Oh, oh, oh yes. my so, uh, all the good stuff comes back. Ladies, yes. uh, this is thank you for having me. Oh, yes. thank you for joining us and putting up with our mush, mush yeah. lunch break. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, you know what? It's what I, Here's what I love. Like, uh, that's what I say all the time. Perfect is boring. Nobody wants to be friends with perfect. Like, if you guys ran this like a perfection machine, I'd be like, okay, uh, did, I, did I say that right? Did I right. answer it? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's way more fun. I can't wait to have you all on my show. Well, okay, thank, thank you, you so much. So much Leslie. We so you were appreciate amazing. It. Thank you. All right, and thank everyone for joining us. Follow us on Instagram at She's a 10 times 5. Click on the link in our bio to listen. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe. 